This is the Employment Law Show. Hello and welcome. It is just sliding into a long weekend, so we got a lot to get through in the next half hour. Welcome to the Employment Law Show, Monday through Thursday, 6.30 to 7. Oh yeah, you'll catch us here. And a chance for you to ask all your questions. Lior Samfiru is here, of course. You know him, co-founding partner, Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. We've been doing this for a decade. We've got it down to an absolute science. There is no question too silly, too big, too bizarre to be asking about your employment law life. So bring it on, 416-870-6400. Again, 416-870-6400. And email would be help at employmentlawyer.ca. If uh, you've never gone to the website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, it's a beauty. It's free. It's anonymous. The severance pay calculator uh, is there as well. And lots of contact to get uh, in touch of Lior's team. Always ready to help you at any time. That number, this one you can write down anytime, one 821 5,900 lots coming up on the show today. We've got a, a full docket of uh, of things to, uh, to cover, Lior. In fact, we're going to get to, yes, you have rights even if dot, dot, dot. We'll get to those talking points, but we always start off with the case of the case of the day, brother. What's going on with you? Hey, John. I am so glad to be back here to talk about the rights that people don't even necessarily know that they have. People uh, make assumptions often about employment law, about workplace rights, and unfortunately, often those assumptions are wrong. The law is actually a lot better then you realize you may have these rights you don't know. That's the purpose of this show. That's why we're here. So take advantage of the fact that we're here to answer your questions and to solve those workplace issues. I know from speaking with hundreds of people that when you have a workplace problem, it can impact everything. It can impact your mood, your family life. It can impact your your, uh, willingness to do things after work. Well, don't let that get to you only because there are solutions and there's answers and there's things that the law can do to protect you. So whatever the issue is, maybe you're being bullied or harassed in the workplace. Maybe it's a vaccine issue. Maybe it's a temporary layoff or you lost your job. Or maybe you think your boss is, uh, you know, working to get rid of you. Whatever that issue is, there are solutions. And I'm here answering your questions live right now. Take advantage. And, of course, we say this always. If you want to connect with me off air, and you should, we'll give you that contact information as well so we can have that private chat. But now that we know what we're about to do, let's actually do it. And let's talk about uh, a situation that came across my desk uh, earlier today. Uh, I spoke with a, a gentleman who uh, was, was very upset, actually. He called me really, really upset. And I understand his frustration. What happened with him is he was hired. He accepted a new job. And uh, it seemed like a really good job. He was extremely happy. Uh, and he had left his other job. So he quit his job once he... he he started this new job and he showed up on his first day. He's, he's getting the tour of the office. Everything is fine. He started working halfway through that day. Uh, the HR manager says, oh, wow, we, we realized we never got your vaccine certificate on file. Can you please give that to me? He says, well, no, I'm actually not vaccinated. Oh, silence, dead silence. Uh, comes back later, the HR manager says, uh, we've talked about it. We, we can't have you working here unless you're vaccinated. Right. So we're not going to be able to employ you. Sends him home. Goodbye. This is halfway through the first day of, of work. Uh, so obviously, he's extremely upset. He's extremely uh, concerned. He's out of a job. He had a job. He quit that job because he wanted to start this new job. So what does he do? Well, he did the right thing, and he called me. Called me. So here's the, the thing. If, if his employer, the new company, had said right off the bat, it's a term of this employment that you'd be vaccinated, well, okay. But it wasn't. 
It wasn't in the employment agreement. It wasn't discussed during the job interviews. It's something that they kind of uh, put out during that first day of work. So the fact now that he's not vaccinated does not just relieve them of liability. They can't just let him go or end the relationship without paying him, especially given the fact that he relied on this job offer and quit another job. So they're going to owe him several months pay, even though he worked there about, I don't know, three or four hours uh, because of how they, they did this. And you can't do this. You can't change the terms of employment after the fact. And by the way, if your employer withdraws a job offer that you've accepted, if you've lost something because they've done that, they have to pay you. They have to compensate you. You can't just be left hanging that way. So I'm going to help them get that compensation. There's important lessons there for employees and employers. If you find yourself in anything similar to that ever, give me a call. It's it's a really interesting point about the job offer. It's taken off the table. Does it matter if you've signed a job offer and, I mean, say you're leaving a place that you worked at for 20 years, and if so, how much severance would they owe you for the entire previous work time, or how does it work? Well, it, it, they really would have to pay him an amount that would be reasonable. They would reasonably allow him to find another job. Gotcha. So, you know, it, it's yeah. going to take him a few months probably. It's a, you know, it's a good position. He's looking fairly well-paying position. So I would say three to four months for this guy is what they would have to pay him. But keep in mind, John, he worked there for three hours. But because he relied on them, because he relied on this offer, he quit his job. And then they kind of changed the deal on him. No, they can't just do that. They have to pay him. And I'll certainly make sure that that happens. Again, 416-870-6400. That is the way you call through, ask your questions over the next uh, 20, 25 minutes or so. you got some time, 416-870-6400 would, uh, would do it. Let's get into this one. I love this topic, by the way. It's fantastic. Yes, you have rights, even if these points are important. Again, Lior, because we, uh, we always talk about stuff that people may not know or there might be extreme misconception when it comes to a lot of these topics. So we're going to uh, we're going to get into these uh, very shortly. Let's get into the first one. Yes, you have rights, even if you believe your employer is building up a case with uh, on you or for you against you with bad performance reviews. What do you think about that? Well, oftentimes people may think, well, my, my employer is building up a case to to try to get rid of me, and yep. you know, what do I do? I'm kind of helpless here. Well, no, you have rights, and there's things that you can do. If you think that what your employer is doing is not legitimate, in other words, you're you, you're not deserving of being let go, you haven't done anything to justify building a case against you, then make sure that whenever you're being criticized or written up or given a a negative review, whatever that happens, make sure you respond to it. Don't just accept it silently. So if your employer is building up a case, make sure that you you do something about it. And by doing, I mean responding. Yeah. Uh, Employer, I don't agree that this is what happened. Here's what actually happened. Employee, you said that my performance on this project wasn't very good, but here's what you need to know. Respond to it because the easiest way to build a case against you is if it appears that you've accepted it, that that you've essentially acknowledged that you did something wrong. If you did do something wrong, it is what it is. But if you think that the way they're building the case is not legitimate, they're trying to make big deals out of things that are not, say so and say so in writing. What that does is it makes it that much more difficult for the company to ever consider letting you go for cause. Now, they could still let you go because that Mm -hmm. can't be stopped, but that would be a without cause termination, meaning they have to pay you severance. John, as you can appreciate, when an employer builds a case against an employee, they're building a case so that they can try to let him go without pay. 
If they just wanted to let him go with pay, they just would do it. So the, the message here is very simple. Don't just sit idly by if your employer is building a case against you. You have rights. There's things that you can do. And if you're not sure how to do it or if you're doing it the right way, you know what to do at that point, of course, which is just to give me a call. It's interesting, too, because every time, you know, if someone naturally, they reach out to somebody, whether in a good or a bad way, and they send them an email or leave them a message, they expect a reply. It's human nature. So if they don't end up getting a reply, as we've often covered on this show, if they don't get a reply rebutting what what this, this, this problem is that the employer is laying out, is that an issue? If it's if there's no response, it's you know radio silence at that point? So remember, in these types of things, silence is the same as acceptance. So this goes both ways. If your employer says something to you and you're silent about it, you may as well have said, I accept and I agree. By the same token, if you send something to your employer, employer, this is not what happened, here's what actually happened, and your employer doesn't respond to you, then they're going to be considered as of accepting it. So that's absolutely fine. But from your perspective, from the employee's perspective, if you don't agree with something, you have to say so. Trying to avoid conflict and just being quiet and hoping that it goes away never is never a good strategy, and it absolutely can be held against you. As Lior mentioned, reaching out to uh, to him and his team anytime to get uh, your matters solved or just have a conversation if you're unclear about anything we talk about on the show. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But the phone number here and now, as you know, four one six. 870-6400. Uh, you have rights. Yes, you do. Even if you're put on a well, temporary layoff with a promise to be called back to work. This one's extremely important over the last two years, maybe more. It It's huge, John. And a lot yeah. of people think, well, I, don't, I can't do anything. My employer put me on a temporary layoff. They said, yeah, yeah, don't worry, Bob. We'll, we'll call you back at some point. Well, a lot of people would assume. Uh, I know this for a fact. That, well, I just have to wait. There's nothing that I can do. Let's just hope that they call me back. Mm-hmm. Wrong, wrong. You absolutely have other rights and and there's absolutely things that you can do. And the main thing that you can do is you don't have to accept it. You are able to treat a temporary layoff as a termination of your employment. You're able to, to look at it as if the company let you go, even though they haven't, even though they said, no, no, we're just putting you off work. We're gonna call you back at some point. So in their mind, in the company's mind, they may not look at it as a termination, doesn't matter. You have the legal right to treat it as a termination. You have the legal right to say, I'm not accepting it. And then you can require your employer to pay you severance. So bottom line, if you're put on a temporary layoff, regardless of what the company is intending to do, you can accept it and sit at home and wait for them to call you back. You can absolutely do that. But you have the second option. and Sometimes that second option makes more sense, which is to say, no, that's a termination of my employment. You have to pay me my full severance. Keeping in mind, of course, John, you know this, that severance can be as much as two years' pay. Again, these are uh, we call these either red flags or rights you have, even if uh, both, I guess, under the same banner because you got to watch out for all these. And this one, again, is a huge one, and that you've been asked to sign a new employment agreement to sign, especially if you're coming back off a temporary layoff or your company's coming out of COVID and they're trying to, they want to switch up the playing field a little bit, right? Well, an employee may think, well, my employee said I have to sign this new employment agreement. I guess I have to. I don't have any other rights or options. Absolutely wrong. You absolutely do. And the right you have is to say, no, I'm not doing this. Now, you also, the reason you would want to do that is because it's a bad news. If your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement, we've covered this before on the show. It's bad news. Always. There's never going to be a good reason. It's never going to provide you with better terms. 
even if it appeared, oh, you know what? It says I get a 50 cent raise. That looks good, right? I want a 50 cent raise. But what does it take away? Potentially, it could take away tens of thousands of dollars of future severance. In fact, I can almost guarantee that it does. So you cannot be let go for cause because you refuse to sign a new employment agreement. And in many cases, you are far better off doing that. So anytime, anytime you see a new employment agreement put before you, whether it's just a regular Tuesday or maybe you just came back from a, a layoff or from a vacation, what have you, be very concerned about that. Let me see it if you want to know what it actually says. But you have the right to say no. I'm not signing it. In fact, you should say no. With that, we'll take a short break, give you some time to grab a phone, 416-870-6400 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue. Employment Law Show. Stick around. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. You betcha, 647 on your Thursday evening. Good to have you along. Monday to Thursday, 630 to 7. The new times and dates of Employment Law Show. All kinds of time for you to listen in, learn so much more. And yeah, call in 416-870-6400 is exactly how you do that. We'll try to get some emails if we have enough time near the end of the show. But we're talking about this tonight, and that is, yes, you have rights, even if... And the next one here kind of dovetails nicely into the, uh, you know, the signing of the new employment agreement, which we covered just before the break, Leo, and that is your employer has made changes to the terms of your employment. So this is a, a classic example where people may assume they don't have rights. Well, my employer just changed my job description or demoted me or changed my hours of work or, or heaven forbid, changed my pay. Uh, employer, employees may well think, well, I guess he's the boss and I don't have any <laughs> rights or options. Well, I understand why you would think that, but that's absolutely wrong. An employer does not have the right to make significant changes to terms of employment. And if your employer does it anyway, you, the employee, can treat that as a constructive dismissal. Okay? You can say, no, I'm not accepting that. And if you're still going to go ahead with this employer, I'm going to look at it as a termination and I'm going to make you, I'm going to require you to pay me severance. You have that right. You have that option. Now, it's not every change that the employer imposes that gives you that right. It has to be a significant change. So, you know, the example I sometimes use for something that's not significant, potentially, is if your employer says, you know, from now on, you have to come in at 8.45 in the morning instead of 9, and you finish at 4.45 instead of 5. Yeah. That may not make you happy because you, you may want to sleep the extra 15 minutes or what have you, <laughs> but it's probably not significant enough to be a constructive dismissal. On the other hand, if your employer says now you're going to work 12 to 8 instead of 9 to 5, yeah, you better believe that's a significant change. And that's not the type of change that your employer is allowed to make. So very important to remember, you do have rights, even if your employer makes those changes. And by the way, I've seen this happen many times. Often when you tell your employer, no, I'm not accepting this, I'm going to consider this to be a constructive dismissal, they'll back off. Okay, once you kind of call them on it, and there is, oh, wait, you know your rights. Okay, that's not good. Uh, so they'll back <laughs> off. So you can try that by all means, but what I don't want you to do, I don't want anyone, though, to quit without speaking to me first, but definitely you have to think constructive dismissal if your employer is making significant changes to terms of employment. Yeah, and we always hammer this point home. We like to as well that, I mean, if, if it's something that's 
it would fall under the banner of constructive dismissal if you decide to say no. But if it's also something that kind of slides in where it's like, you know what? This might not be a bad change. You know, I got a little spare time. You know, maybe the shift is good for my health. I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll try it, take it for a spin for a bit. But if I don't like it, I can back out of it, right? Yeah, as long as you tell your employer that that's what you're doing, right? You tell your employer, well, okay, you told me from now on 12 to 8 instead of 9 to 5. I'm going to try it and see how it goes, and then I'll let you know. So make sure you tell your employer that you're you're taking it out for a spin. You're doing this just to try it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you don't, then you're going to consider consider to have accepted it. Once you do that, you have a few weeks to try it, and then you can still say constructive dismissal if it doesn't work for you. But again, you really want to make sure your employer knows that that is what you're doing. And these are these things are so individual, right? I mean, we use the uh, example of uh, you and I work for the same workplace, but I take three buses to get to work. You drive. It takes me twice as long. Well, they, if they move down the road 20 kilometers, that's going to kill me. It might make no difference to you. So it's all, it's all individual, right? Absolutely. I was recently dealing with a, a matter like that where the person was uh, literally working five minutes from his house. And, you know, now he had that they were moving, you know, later this spring, somewhere that's going to be an hour away. Wow. Uh, and again, that that's that's huge. That's a huge change for him. It may not be as, as big a deal for someone else, but for him, it's massive. It's absolutely a constructive dismissal. So definitely, you have to always think about your specific circumstances. But best advice I'm always going to be able to give you when it comes to these types of things, if you're not sure if what your employer is doing is legal or not, if you're not sure if it's a constructive dismissal, if you're not sure if you can try it out, just give me a call and let's talk about it. Really simple call. Really no charge for it, too. Just have a discussion with Lior anytime, one 821 5900 But here you still got some time, don't you know? 416-870-6400. Tony, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you, pal? I'm well and yourself. Beauty, what's on your mind? Happy Thursday. And yep. Easter to all of you. That's it. Yep. Uh, nonetheless, uh, before I knew about uh, your, your business in the yard, I, in 2019, just before Christmas, I was dismissed from uh, my job. And uh, in January or so, I was uh, un- I went on unemployment, where they determined that I, w- I was not uh, terminated due to my own fault. So, so after that, I got uh, I got a uh, another employment law company to handle. This for me. And I'm wondering, is then COVID-19, should I still be waiting for some sort of settlement conference, or is this taking too long? So I take it it's a small claims matter? Well, yes. Uh, just, uh, well, for severance, of course. Okay, but it's in the small claims court system, not in the, the regular court system. Is that right? Right, right. Yes. No. Uh, it's if, if you're let go in 2019, you shouldn't be waiting still. And, and even though the, the small claims court system has been uh, really a, a mess over the past couple of years, right. there are ways to, yeah. there's ways to navigate that if you know what you're doing. And we've been able to do that in hundreds of matter across the province. So, uh, no, you shouldn't be waiting. I, I, obviously, I don't know the specifics of your matter, and I don't know uh, the skills or the experience of whoever is representing you. But I can tell you we don't have cases from 2019. We just don't because they've resolved. Right. So uh, you, you shouldn't. your matter shouldn't be going on. If you want us to have a chat and look at it more closely, by all means, contact the office. But uh, it certainly is not right at mm-hmm. all for you to still be waiting, uh, whatever, almost three years later. Even if I agreed to... Uh... Uh, I'm a teamer with another company already. 
well, again, I haven't seen the retainer, so so I can't say. But uh, an individual can always change lawyers if, if that's what they want. Uh, so, but again, I haven't seen your specific situation. But uh, we, we've over the years we've been retained by many many people that uh, contacted us after the, the, their matter was not going the way that it should have. So mm-hmm. this happens very frequently. Tony, thanks for the call uh, tonight, pal. You want to reach out and have a, a little chat with Lior, get some more details? No problem. One eight five five eight two one. 5,900. we still got some time as well. You want to call in just like Tony. Ask a question. 416-870-6400. But back to this. Yes, you have rights. Even if your employer isn't being cooperative in accommodating your medical restrictions. Again, something that's come to the fore a lot more in the last uh, 18 months or so. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, people often think there's nothing they could do. My, my employer says they can't accommodate me. Well, I mm-hmm. guess I can't do anything about it. You know, you have your doctor's notes and you need that accommodation and they won't. Well, not so fast. It is very difficult for an employer to legally be able to say, no, no, we can't accommodate. And the reason for that is they're expected to find a way even if it is difficult. They're expected to find a way even if it's going to cost them some money. So it's only in extreme situations when they've tried and they've looked and there's nothing really that they can do that they can say, well, no, it's just too much for us. We can't accommodate that. In my experience, John, oftentimes... Too, far too often, in fact, employers say, no, no, we're not going to accommodate even though they haven't yet exhausted all the options. So so one of the things you can do is, first of all, ask your employer, what have you done to look uh, for accommodation? What have you tried? Give them suggestions. Right. Well, okay, what about this position? What about we do, how about we do it this way or that way? Uh, don't just leave it to your employer because if you do, it's easy for them to say, oh, well, I looked and I've tried. Put their feet to the fire. Ask them what they've looked for, how they've tried, and give them suggestions. And if you still are not getting anything, let me get involved, okay? Oftentimes, uh, when they hear from me, somehow magically now they're able to accommodate. <laughs> of course. So you absolutely have rights. Under our human rights law, that duty to accommodate is very important. That may mean modified duties, modified hours, working from home, whatever it is that you need, assuming, of course, if it's a medical issue, then there's doctor support. Uh, so don't just take your employer's word for it without uh, certainly pushing it further. From the employer's uh, point of view, listening is there is there a threshold where they just they say you know, I've done everything I could do, man. I, my hands are tied. I can't go any further with accommodation. Help me out. Yeah, absolutely. So so we call this in the employment law field accommodation to the point of undue hardship. What that means is that if it becomes too difficult, too hard, too expensive, then yeah, sure, you don't have to go that far. But that, that, that means that some hardship, well, you have to accept. Yeah. And in my experience, a lot of employers don't quite reach that level. They just back off on the accommodation before they should. And if they do that, John, that's a human rights violation. Let's get to one more of these before we wrap. Yes, you have rights even if you're not getting paid overtime despite despite working those extra hours. So a lot of employees say, well, my employer didn't tell me to work overtime. I did anyway, so I guess that I, I don't get paid. Not at all. If you yeah. worked overtime and you needed to work to get it done, then you have to get paid, even if the company didn't ask you to. And even, by the way, if they told you, don't work it. If you worked it and it was legitimate, you have to get paid, even if you're on a salary, time and a half over 44 hours a week. So remember that. If you don't get paid, Ministry of Labor, you can go to and call me as well. But yeah, you do have to get paid. 
And that is it. A quick half hour wrapping up the week. We're back in here Saturday morning. Also stay tuned for that or come back for that. one 821 5900 The number to reach Lior right now. And help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show.